welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Welcome. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's great to have you here as we get into an interesting topic. We're going into the new decade, and some of us want to take our business full time. So I want to talk about, and I am going to talk about, preparing to become a full-time photographer. Now, if you want to become a full-time photographer, I, I hope that you have set yourself up for success. And the first thing you need to do, and I actually have a full process that I talk about, as you know, I, I teach the combination code as part of a business process. The first step in the process is channel building, building a channel that you can communicate with people or your customers. Now, some people, some photographers, it's email. For some, it's Facebook, and it works really well for them. Others, it's Instagram, but you need to dominate and have a following of people who actually appreciate your work and in some cases purchase your work and maybe refer you as a photographer. And some people may push back, say, really, the first thing is to develop social media? Yeah, that's the first thing I recommend to make sure that you have an audience because you need to be able to connect with people. Now, you could have an email list and a traditional social such as Facebook. That's fine. But you need a process in place to connect with people. Maybe it's LinkedIn for you. Now, you have to have other processes in place. You need to have a business mindset when you decide to go full-time. You should even part-time, but a lot of people don't. They, they just say, hey, you know, and it's perfectly normal, to be quite honest. Perfectly normal. You, you get involved in photography. You have some opportunities to make some money on the side, and you do so. But quite often, those activities don't necessarily lead to best practices as a business person. And I'm not saying best practices as a photographer, best practices as a business person, which is what you're going to be because your livelihood is now going to depend on what you've done in the past. And you need to review and take a look at your business as it is now as a part-timer or a hobbyist or wherever you are and make decisions as to what really is feasible moving forward. What, what were some good decisions you made in the past that's going to set you up for success? And what are some things that are really not good business practices, which we'll talk about in a few moments, that could hurt you going into business? Now, maybe you're a photographer that's already in business and you want to take your business to a new level. And so we can certainly apply a lot of what we're talking about here to our current businesses. And I have to do this too. I, I take time to review my photography business to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do for success. What are my procedures? How Honestly, how does my portfolio look online? 
What, who are my referral partners? Who, who's referring business to me? And how am I pricing my photography? How am I doing business as a whole? Am I good at delivering what the clients have asked for? Am I good at presenting myself in the marketplace? There's so many things to think about and to sit back and think about what it is you can improve as you go into 2020 before you officially hang up your shingle and say, I'm in business. But that's the main thing. I want you to say, I'm in business. Say, I'm a photographer, but then say, I'm in business. As I mentioned, channel building, start that now. Now, does that mean you have to have a million followers, 50,000 followers on a platform? No, that, that doesn't mean that at all. But I want you to be in the process of developing your communication strategy in the very beginning, even before you begin. But one thing I think a lot of photographers, especially hobbyists and part-time people, need to look at before they become full-time is their business model, their pricing structure. This is important because a lot of times we can get away with lower prices or poor business practices when we're not totally dependent on that income. There are a lot of people out there, and now you're going to be competing with people who have those business practices. So what are you doing? Separate yourself from the competition and improve your brand. Make your brand desirable. So important. But you do need to do your cost of doing business analysis. You need to understand what it's going to cost. See, a lot of times people jump in the photography business and say, wow, I made $100 to photograph for that hour. And as I say that, some people are like, wow, $100. And other people are like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? $100 for that? I wouldn't even consider it for $100. Yeah, obviously people are at different points in their career when they say such things. The fact is, you may have gotten that $100 for the hour, and you're thinking, wow, just get a few more of those, and you know things are going to be rolling. Well, guess what? It takes a lot of time and energy to get additional clients to add to your roster, to your portfolio. It doesn't just happen overnight. So you may say, wow, I got 100 Or let's say you got $500 for half a day. Oh, my goodness. There are a lot of people in this world that would love to make $500 for working half a day. But when you don't work the rest of the week, that's $500 for the week. Now, there are two types of clients that I want you to consider going after. Now, obviously, it depends on the type of photography that you do. Now, you may already have a really good position already going into the marketplace. Some photographers, part-time, make a full-time income. Believe it or not, they do. There are very good photographers with good business skills who just part-time. And so they're now deciding to go full-time and their bills are already covered. They already have a system in place. But I'm just trying to raise the red flag for those of you who are not there yet that don't understand what it's going to take because you need to take the time to build that business and get enough revenue in every single month and if you miss a month it's hard 
it's hard to make that month up. And maybe you have a little bit better month a couple months later, and then it goes back down. It's an up and down business. And you also need to map out and understand the cycle of your business. When are the highs? When are you going to make the most amount of money? And it all depends, obviously, on the types of photography that you do. If you do wedding photography, senior photography, commercial photography, architectural photography, whatever it may be, it's important to know when your peak times are and when your slow times are so you can plan ahead. And believe me, much easier said than done. If you go to roshsillers.com, that's where you'll find my pricing article, and that should be updated for 2020 rather soon. And I have new videos to put in there, some updated concepts, and I'm looking forward to officially launching it. There's some good information coming your way. But it's always a resource for you to go to when you have questions about developing your pricing structure and your photography business. It's important. Now, there are multiple parts to understanding how much. Now, the foundation, of course, is your cost of doing business, but that does not mean that's what you should charge. There are a number of factors in terms of how much you should charge. You should understand your cost of doing business. How much does it cost for you to run your business hourly, daily, weekly, monthly? How much is the real cost and how much do you need to make to keep up your lifestyle and what you do? And you can say all you want, well, the market may not cover that. That's too bad. Well, guess what? Then you're not in business. If the market can't cover what you need, then you're not in business. You're going to go backwards. It's just that simple. So you better find the clients and make an effort to find the clients that cover you. So if you have your cost of doing business, you also have to understand how the images are going to be used. That is a pricing factor. And, of course, the production level. What is the production level? And you should know that. And that may very well be part of your cost of doing business, so you're okay there. But if you've not considered that, consider the production level of each type of photography job that you do. And then the last one is one a lot of people forget about, your brand. At what level is your brand? And that is how you can increase your rate. So maybe in the very beginning, you just give that a zero. It's like, like no one knows me. No one knows who I am. I mean, I have no brand. But over time, as you get a lot of inquiries and more inquiries and start networking and building relationships, well, then you can start increasing your rate based on your brand versus, you know, your cost of doing business may not have gone up, but your value in the marketplace is going up because your brand value, the, the supply and demand of you specifically there, that's, I mean, that is it. You, you need to create supply and demand. If you're going to base your photography business off the supply and demand of photography in general, wow, I mean, quit right now because there's a ton of supply. There's also a ton of, ton of demand, but there is much more supply of photographers than there is demand. But we're in a great age where people need photography all over the place, and new opportunities with augmented reality, virtual reality, video, still photography. There's so many opportunities out there developing, some of which have not even, you know, most many photographers haven't even scratched the surface on the opportunities there. So understand that you need to build the brand and the supply and demand of you 
when there becomes more demand for you and your work, you can start increasing your rates. And I've seen this many times where some photographers will increase their rates at a certain point and they, they start losing more jobs. But at the end of the year, they made more money. They worked less but made more money. The photographer's clientele increased in terms of quality, in terms of what they can afford. It doesn't mean they're better people. It just means they can afford more. And when you have those kinds of clients, that's important. Now, I mentioned that there are two types of clients that I want you to consider, again, depending on the type of photography you do, but it's helpful no matter what. You want to be able to have a regular rotation of clients, meaning maybe you have a corporate client or you have a family or, or a club or something that you create where people come in every month. There are a number of things you can do, but you need to create regular income, regular income from clients who need your services on a regular basis. And you can do this, as I mentioned, with family photography, depending on certain types of packages, kind of look out over a year or multiple year stretch if you can do something like that. But corporate clients, some clients have things every single month. And if you can latch on to those clients, sometimes they're a little bit lower in the pay scale. You know, say a website that needs regular photography updates, social media development for companies. There are, there are so many areas in which photography is needed at a higher volume, but the pay isn't so good. So you don't want to depend on those types of jobs for your overall plan, but it's nice to have a few of them to help you through the ups and downs. Back in the day for me, I did a lot of work in the newspaper business, and you know that was my baseline. And then it's the project work, and the project work is usually the bigger money. A wedding could be project work. It's a one-time big event. And so you have your baseline, and then you keep working to get more and more of this project work. And you know sometimes you're going to have to weigh if you need to turn down a job or not. Maybe it's a big job, but it could affect your regular work. And you say, wow, but I'm only getting paid this much for my regular job, but this huge job pays this much. But yeah, that regular job may pay you more over the long term and have more value because the money will always be there or is usually there. So you're going to have to weigh that. Now, maybe you have three or four regular jobs that pay you monthly, and you may have to step back at one, one of those clients if you're starting to get more project work. But even there, even when project work starts to come in on a regular basis, I still try not to let go of those monthly kind of retainer-ish clients because they can be there when things slow down, even though things are going really well overall, it will slow down at some point, and it's important to have them there. So have a plan moving into 2020. Who and what type of work are you going to do? Maybe at a lower rate, but is regular in a volume kind of a way. And what kind of project work are you going after? It's good to have that plan to recognize the two types of clients. And believe me, there are a lot of clients who need photography every single month. And you have to get out there and find them, and it takes a while to build them up. 
but once you have them, it really is nice. It takes some of the stress out of your photography business. When starting your business, develop your solar system, your marketing solar system. I have videos on that over on YouTube, and it's a good way to understand what you're doing and the plan around developing your business. And I'll give you a brief outline of it. In the center is your sun. That's your website. And I got to ask you, how is your website doing? Do you have a good website? Is it looking good? Is it fresh? Does it have great images? You're only your best. And one mistake people will make is trying to put too much on their website. You can have other archive areas. That's fine. But when your key portfolio is up there, and let's say you have 20 images up there, but let's say after about number 13, 14, they, they start getting a little weaker or they're kind of repeats of similar jobs. You know, oh, that's from the same job. People mentally will start to say, oh, that's all they got. Rather than having a strong, straight-up portfolio on your website or in a book or however you present, make sure you have your very best. I rather show... 10 of my very best images rather than 30 or 40 of images that maybe are starting to go downhill in the last 40% of the images shown. I want my very best and let their imagination understand what I can do. We a lot of times think, oh, we need to be able to show everything that we can possibly do. No, not necessarily. Now, if you want to have an archive section, that is fine. And you can pull stuff up quickly if they need pictures of hammers. And maybe you have a picture of a hammer in your archive. But it's not a great picture of a hammer. Don't put it in the portfolio. So make sure and always keep looking at your website to make sure it is up to date with your very best work. So in the center of your solar system is the sun. And going around it is closely. It's almost like a moon, but it's not a moon. It's, it's maybe a smaller planet or something. Close to your sun is your blog. And yes, blogging is extremely valuable. And there are a number of ways you can still do it, but let me tell you, today you need to be more focused. You need to make them longer. You need to focus on one topic that people may be searching for. And it can't be generic, and it can't be all about you. Nobody is necessarily searching for that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't write blog posts about what you're doing, your side projects and things like that, because that's also important for the people who already know you or are searching your website because they're considering you. Maybe they're referred to you and they want to see the kinds of work that you do on the side get to know a little bit more about you. Well, a blog is very helpful for that alone, just showing some of your artwork and your side things. It's important. It really adds some dimension to who you are. So your blog is your personality. Then you have your inner planets. These are more uh, multimedia sites such as YouTube or a podcast or Vimeo or Flickr or whatever it may be that you can draw from to share in your outer planets where you engage. Wow, there's so much more to share. I'm running out of time, so I'll share more with you in the next podcast. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Creative Marketing Show. I am Rosh Sillers. You can follow my blog at roshsillers.com as well as the podcast. You can also find the podcast at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you wish to connect with me, connect with me at Rosh Sillers on Twitter, and you can always email me, 
Rosh at Rosh.com. 397-6741.